Covered in Glory is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Covered in glory, a new proud part of the Omaha family. Because of the international break, we are the last show to debut in this partnership, but certainly also absolutely the least. I can only imagine the disgusted look in Peyton and Eli's faces when they realize what type of football show we are. But joke's on you, fellas. I know you aren't listening anyways. We are essentially the bad contract that Sal insists to get thrown into the deal to get it done, making us the Timothy Mozgov of podcasts. But lucky oh, for you that are listening, I'm here with one of the best football analysts around, Brett Corminos. How are you, Brett? I'm good. I am in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, because you've banished me for all my bad picks. Actually, this would be a great place to be banished. Don't get me wrong. But I'm here. I'm ready. I'm super excited to be part of the new network. I'm, it's it's going to be a lot of fun for doing this with them. Hopefully, Eli and Peyton do listen to this, and they don't think that we're complete idiots. <laughs> Well, if this is where you get banished for bad picks, then you might as well take defenders to score goals the rest of the years in your five pint because that is one of the most beautiful penitentiaries I've ever seen. You're in for a this white first cell. week alone. I am not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise what's coming down the pipeline, but I'm saying for this first week, I'm avoiding doing that. Well, we'll see. We'll see what I can talk you into before the end of the show. So for those of you new to the show and who found us via Omaha, Caesars or ESPN, uh, sorry about that. Bad luck for you. But allow me to quickly explain what we're doing here. Brett is an absolutely uh, respected and incredible analyst who knows the beautiful game inside and out. I am a smuck who loves to watch on his couch and drink way earlier in the day than a father of three should responsibly be doing. Uh, we then come together to see if what I watch as your average punter clashes with Brett's mighty spreadsheets while previewing the matches involving the, big le- the Premier League's big six each weekend through a gambling lens. And for those of you who think the end results is more per- perfectly predictable than a De Bruyne slide rule pass, you'd be surprised to learn that I beat Brett, la- Brett last year in our head-to-head contest, and I'm ahead again this year. So for all you average Joes who scream at the TV because you know better than the experts, I may not be a big blue dude swinging through trees, but I can still be your avatar. So what do you say, Brett? Now that the table setting is over, should we get to this week's matches? Yeah, I mean, you know, just so everybody knows, it really is just a ruse. You know, in recent podcasts, we've discussed that MIT might be coming for you for like an adjunct professor position. So really, the real genius is actually Toby. He's just pulling a Kaiser Sose here, everybody. Uh, We'll see. We'll see about that. Luckily, we've got a lot of new friends who will be the judge. Uh, All right, so let's get to this week's matches and what a set of matches they are. For those of you who joined us today. A lucky draw for our first show here was part of the Omaha group. Oh, so I'm so over the moon right now. If you're joining us today, you're in for a real treat as this is shaping up to be one of the best match weeks of the whole year. We're going to take them in chronological order, but uh, in chronological order, my favorite match of the week just happens to be first which is the venerable North London Derby, always one of the uh, fixtures that is circled as soon as the schedule comes out. And we are here on Saturday, October 1st, 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Arsenal first at 18 points versus Tottenham third at 17 points. 
Uh, over at our new friends at Caesars, Arsenal is plus 100. Tottenham is plus 250. The draw is plus 270. Arsenal minus half a goal stays at plus 100. The Spurs are minus 125. So, Brett, people have heard enough from me in that uh, overdrawn intro. Let's put our best foot forward here, i.e. you, and tell our friends what you like about this game. All right. Well, I, I, this is actually weird because this is the one match that I kind of want to turn around and ask you if you can mirror the feel. This is a feeling thing. I'm not even going to – I'm putting my spreadsheets aside. It's about heart, Toby. It's about heart. All right. When you well, – we both love Conte. If you listen to old podcasts, you will see that love for Antonio Conte come out, even though he is a maniac. When you especially watch, because he's a maniac, especially because he's a maniac. Him. Sorry, poor word choice. Especially because he's a maniac. Um, but when you have watched Spurs this year, do you just kind of feel underwhelmed as I do? I like I, I know they're good. They're good. I'm not. I'm not saying the Spurs are a bad team, but they just leave me feeling incomplete. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel when you watch them? Do you have? Does that does that resonate with you at all? Am I the only one? Am I just like a jerk that is too hard on these clubs? But I just, it's just the feeling I get when I watch this team. So that's, it's a weird time for you to bring that up, Brett, since you single-handedly resurrected Sun's season last year, backing him and him putting up a 13-minute hat, hat trick. So it really depends which version of the team you think is the real one. Like, yes, they do seem incomplete at times. And, and yes, they can leave you wanting more. But if Sun actually is going to start to regain form and Ricarlison's not going to be uh, kind of the bust that I know you and some others thought he was going to be from the money they spent, if Captain Kane is going to continue to kind of be on form and if their wingbacks are going to continue to uh you know deliver from with like the way they are i still see the team i saw at the beginning of the year and so while watching some of the matches from some of the time i can get that feeling i guess i don't know if i'm just too bright side with this team and i'm blind to the holes that, that you're, you're spotting. clearly just a, you're clear just a ryan ryan sesame on stan it's okay that's all right oh my God. he needs some he needs somebody in his corner yeah well the corner's where he should stay uh, just all game because that is his best area. You put him anywhere else on the field and um, they kind of fall apart. But yeah, so it, it really just comes down to that. Uh, so, I mean, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, let's unpack that a little bit. Put your feet well, up okay, on the couch. So, so here, here's here's why I'm going to, I'll start with what the line that I guess looks most appealing to me. And that's the draw at, at, at plus 275. And the reason that looks appealing to me is this. The last two matches we've seen from Spurs, very underwhelming performance where they've lost Sporting Lisbon. They smashed leads on the scoreline. That was strictly because Sun went bananas. That match was close. It was tied until he came on and just went nuts. And, and the overall expected goal totals were dead even from that match. And Leicester is a relegation favorite. So the last two matches, like Spurs have just not looked good. And I, I think part of the reason, the only reason I guess that I'm, I'm going for the draw, because like when you say that, you're like, oh yeah, well, obviously you're going to take Arsenal to win. But here is Arsenal's schedule. And, and Toby, just you know, be sitting down when I give you this murderer's row right here. <laughs> they played Crystal Palace, Leicester, Bournemouth, Fulham, Aston Villa, and Brentford. The only match that they've lost was at Old Trafford to United team that's kind of running hot right now. So the one decent team, maybe, wow, that just feels weird calling United a decent team, but the one maybe decent team they played, they've lost to. And Spurs themselves have been unimpressive. So it's really hard for like my mind to not go anywhere but the draw. I'm curious to see your mental gymnastics and then where you wound up on the spread itself. 
Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, so between the Queen passing and the international break, it feels like a really weird week to handicap games. In yeah, a lot of ways, yeah, for the, sure. the, like the fog of recency bias that often influences our conversation has burned off in the two-week gap. And I'm reverting back to what I thought about each team at the core, right? So it's kind of mm. like the first game of the year again in my brain. I know it's not actually that way, but it's the way if you're asking me how it I'm does. feeling That's about things. Put it. it really does feel that way. Uh, and if that's the case, I still deep down believe the Spurs are a better team than Arsenal. I just believe it. I know Lloris and Kulishevsky are doubtful for the Spurs, and the Emirates has been a house of horrors for Tottenham. But Kane continues to be excellent. As we're talking about, Sun is starting to come back into form. We'll see if that's a mirage or a true sign of what's to come. And where Carlson gives them a way better alternative when one of their frontline attackers is down than they had available last year. Plus, they absolutely have the managerial advantage. So I definitely rate Arsenal higher than I did to start the year. And the gap between the two teams in my brain is fairly small. But if I'm going to essentially bet on a coin flip, you're going to bet for, for it to land on its edge. And I, I'm going to bet on the one side that's getting plus 250. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's totally reasonable. Believe me, this is not like a super confident pick. It's just kind of when I went through the line, it just seemed to be the one thing that that jumped out at me. But, however, though, the, the prop bet is actually, it's weird. It's a weird dichotomy here in this game. I was fairly confident when I saw this one, and that's the under of two and a half goals. So Arsenal are one of the best defensive teams in the, the Premier League so far this year, and they do slow down the game and they control the game really, really well. Spurs have, aside from kind of this random stretch here against Leicester, general, generally been pretty good defensively. And this just feels to me with the layoffs and the international break and then coming back together real quickly, this just feels like it's going to be kind of an anticlimactic London derby in the sense that there's really not going to be much action. And now that I said that, it is guaranteed to be 4-3, but <laughs> in my head, this one, one, one nil type of scoreline really jumps out at me in this match, given everything that's coming into it. So that under two and a half and getting plus money for it. Like, it just seems like I'm far more confident in that bet than I am in the actual spread. We are making our new friends choose between us early. I love it. Cause I see the <laughs> game uh, incredibly different than you, you do. In fact, I am doubling down and taking a parlay of Tottenham to win and both teams to score at an extremely tasty plus 500. It's just a way to juice the odds so much higher. Once I'm in for Tottenham to win, I love, love, love doubling my payout to bet on the high-powered Arsenal attack to beat a backup keeper at least once, especially with Carlson and Royale attempting to hold down one side of the pitch, which should be interesting to watch. Uh, I know it requires the Spurs to thread a needle here, but in my mind, the eye of that needle is quite large and the payout is worth the risk. So if you're going to take them to win, if you let plus 250 looks good to you, yeah, you give up 1-0, you give up 2-0, but 2-1, 3-1, 3-2, all the things that would make for a legendary North London derby, you're getting plus 500 on, and that's hard to turn down. Well, okay. So here's the thing that I will say that it's not going to make me change my mind, but the going through that speech, the one thing I did think of is we talked about the the Arsenal's recent loss and it was to Manchester United. And what did they do? They countered. They had Sancho Rashford and Alanga, and then they didn't care if they had possession. And when space opened up those front three, they just went full throttle with Bruno and Erickson trying to play balls in behind. That is interesting now that you kind of talk about where you think this game is going to have. The thing I thought of is like, that's how Spurs want to play. So I don't know. I I mean, it's just my gut says 
it's going to be an ugly, brutal game with the under hitting. My head says I could see the path to where it goes your way. Um, my gut says feed me, which is why I spend most of my mornings on the treadmill, but you should probably listen to yours <laughs> instead. Uh, all right. Well, I can't believe we're getting off the North London Derby that quick, but I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say about it next week after we watch the result on the pitch. Let us move to our second game, which is Liverpool versus Brighton. Another game I'm really excited about. This really is a murderer's row of a week. Uh, Liverpool is eighth at nine points. Brighton is fourth at 13 points. This game is Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Over at Caesars, Liverpool is minus 275. Brighton is plus 750. The draw is plus 400. Pool minus a goal and a half is minus 105. Brighton is minus 125. So, Brett, the big question in this match is actually on the non-top six team. Uh, what do you, what should we all, not just you, what should we all expect from the Potterless Brighton team now that they brought in Roberto De Zerbia? De Zerbe. De Zerbe, right? De Zerbe. De Zerbe. I think it's yeah. De Zerbe. But again, we're the worst at pronunciations. People, buckle in. You're going to get some real bad ones <laughs> in this podcast. Um, no, he, he's interesting because he went to, he was in the Syria and he was at Sassuolo. And he, in my opinion, the two eighth place finishes he had with that club in uh, 20, 2020 and 2021, it kind of was reminiscent to me of where Susulo is at with their resources as what like David Moyes used to do with those Everton eighth place finishes and like the aughts and like the early 2010s. Um, so he's going to do it a different way. Like Potter, when he came into Brighton, he really started to control things. It was a control possession. They became really, really good defensively. And, you know, they partially because they lacked the attackers to do it. They just weren't very open and innovative and creative in the final third of the pitch when they had the ball. Um, and I think this might be different. I think we might see a little bit of a flip. I think Brighton's going to be a little more open and a little more attacking. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to suit Brighton's current personnel. I think Potter might, I'm not saying Potter's like Ferguson, but I think Potter might've maxed out Brighton's personnel in a way that I don't think the Zarbi is going to be able to do, but it's really hard to discount what he, what he did with a team that had limited resources in Syria. Ah, so I think it's going to be a good hire. I think it'll keep Brighton kind of respectable and punch above their weight a little bit. But I don't know if they're going to like be able to sustain this, you know, current run that they're on. Um, and with that said, they're playing Liverpool, and Liverpool is no longer playing Joe Gomez and James Miller, um, one of our favorite players on the pod. Thiago, Thiago is back. He is back, and we saw the difference when they absolutely demolished Ajax in the Champions League when he came back onto the pitch. And that, to me, is like I think one of the things that we're going to talk about with Liverpool all the time is when he is on the pitch, especially now with some of the like kind of downgrades that they've had in other spots, they are just a totally different team. And the problem with Thiago has always been his availability on the pitch. Um, but at minus one and a half, or sorry, with only, only minus one and a half on the spread, they're only minus 105. And I just am not a believer in what Brighton's going to be doing right now. So I kind of want to feel if Thiago starts, like I got to go in on Liverpool, right? I, I just feels right. And again, we're on opposite sides. I love it. Uh, it's a really tough place to take a debut, but I'm going to slightly back Brighton here. I can't believe I'm doing it because oh Thiago gosh. is back. I know. I surprised myself when I even wrote it down. I wrote it down twice. Big Sassuolo fan right. right here. Toby Mergler is trading in Chelsea for Sassuolo, apparently. <laughs> oh, eventually, I'll be able to pronounce their manager's name, and I'll really be able to get a kit. Uh, so... 
Uh, Brighton hasn't lost a match by more than one goal yet this year, and Liverpool has only managed to win by more than one uh, once this year. And I don't think Brighton was all Potter. So I know it's a little bit scary to think about Deserve and he might be a little bit more attacking, but Potter had those players really performing well, and I'm willing to wager at least once, at least once, they don't fall completely to pieces without him. Now, of course, I am 100% prepared for to take one look at them this week and take a 100% different view next week. So <laughs> I am ready to flip-flop on an edge. But when it comes down to this week, uh, I think they could stay within one goal of Liverpool. And so I'm going to take Brighton plus one and a half goals at minus 125, the exact opposite of your bet. Contrarian ways, baby. I love it. I mean, all right. So here's the thing, then. This actually feeds into your side of the coin. I cannot. I know he's been kind of maligned. And in contrast to Holland, who is compared to when they both signed, Darwin Nunez has been sort of a bust. I know it's very incredibly early. That's way too early to actually call him a bust. But his underlying numbers are still bonkers. The yeah. number of shots he's getting per 90, the expected goals and assists he has per 90. Granted, he's barely played over 180 minutes. I know it's it's very small data set stuff, but he's plus a 105 score. If he gets on the pitch, I cannot take that line. Those numbers are nuts. The goals are going to come. I, I just can't not, I can't shy away from it. And I said this probably, I think, one of our first podcasts of the year. I said, as long as he is a plus number as an anytime goal scorer, I am taking it and I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, this is the third time you've taken it. Has it paid off for you yet? It has not. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. <laughs> this one I would have said, you're the master of expected value here, and uh, you keep betting the same thing without any return. So eventually long-term it's going to come return. your way, right? Way long-term, way long-term returns. Variance is coming. Variance well, it's is funny. coming. It, it's funny. I'm like slightly making fun of you, but this is actually the way to do it. Like If you believe that there's a trend that's undervalued, you shouldn't pick it once. You should pick it every single week. It's like when yeah. you come out and say, a defender scores one out of every eight games and they're plus 1,200. Well, you can't bet it just once. You have to bet it 12 straight games and expect, you know, to get a return. That this is, way. this is you trying to coerce me into picking Gabriel to score again this week, isn't it? Damn it. It's all right through. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, you can probably hear from my analysis. I'm taking both teams to score. Yes. At minus one ten. So Ooh. the fact that deserve is a little more attacking uh, helps on both sides of this, right? Because if he attacks a little bit more, it's going to open things up for Liverpool. And it means they're going to press for a goal, no matter what the score sheet is, they're not going to park the bus or anything like that. That would really harm my chance to win this bet. Uh, they've sc- Brighton's has scored in every game, but one this year and Liverpool only have two clean sheets this season. So perhaps, with Thiago back, Poole's going to regain their previous form and become shutout machines like they were last year. But until I see it, I'm going to continue to play the trend and take them both the score at minus 110. That Danny Welbeck train's coming for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. One train I'm not r- worried about running me over. I could absolutely outrun the Welbeck train. He's the only guy in the league I feel like I could say that about. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, we got two more games. But before we get to those, let's go ahead and take a quick break. All right, listen, whatever you're betting, teasers over or under, do it through Caesars because they have all the names. Caesar himself, Cleo, the Mannings, Henrik Lundqvist, and now yours truly. Yes, Against All Odds is now a proud member 
of the Caesars empire. And your very first bet, it's on Caesars. Up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you a thousand tier credits and a thousand reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. So download the app, use promo code CZRFULL and go full Caesars this season. Oh, you must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Yes, you have to know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, or if you know someone who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingAndDGamblingHelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, Arizona. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF, Louisiana. Call 1-877-770-STOP, Michigan. Call 1-800-270-7117, New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. Visit C-O-N-N-E-X-Ontario.ca or call 1-866-531-2600 or text C-O-N-N-E-X to 247-247, Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, we are back and heading over to Crystal Palace, 16th at 6 points versus Chelsea, 7th at 10 points. This game is also Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Chelsea is minus 120. Crystal Palace is plus 340. The draw is plus 255. Caesars also has Chelsea at minus half a goal. It's still at minus 120. And Crystal Palace at minus 105 to get a result. Uh, So here's another game where I'm fully reverting to my previous evaluations, Brett. I came into the year thinking Chelsea was a top four side and that Crystal Palace was potentially bottom four. It's an obvious understatement to say a lot has happened since then to alter that thinking. But what I really think that's altered here is the odds themselves. Miraculously, for the first time in recent memory, Chelsea emerges from an international break relatively healthy. I honestly cannot remember the last time this happened. Uh, (laughs) Between the manager change, the queen-related cancellations, and then the international break, They have a perfect chance here to reset their season, and I'm backing them to take it. The fixture congestion is coming. It's going to be a nightmare. But what they've got from this break is a chance to uh, have Potter in bed a little bit, work with some of the players, install some of his thoughts, which, by the way, aren't that wildly different from what they were doing under Tuchel. And I'm 
and because I don't have to bet on the future fixture congestion, I only have to bet on Saturday's game. I'm thrilled to get these odds. Two months from now, I think the number is going to be minus 240 or higher. And I only have to lay half of that here. So give me Chelsea to win at minus 120. So we're going to be on the same side for the first time today. I am also going to ride your boy Chelsea. And I'm going to use some hope here. Toby, you ready for some hope? You want some hope for your team. So they played Salzburg and it ended up being a frustrating. I'm sure you were frustrated with this. Ended up being a frustrating 1-1 draw. But here is something interesting that you'll find about Salzburg. In terms of 538's club rankings, which kind of rank the overall strength of the club team, Salzburg is 12th in the world. And I know that's kind of bonkers. You're thinking, oh, they're a team in Austria, like that league is garbage. But they have went toe-to-toe with teams like Bayern Munich in the Champions League. And Chelsea suffocated them. They scored that one goal off 0.2 XG. And that, to me, is the sign that this Potter ball trend and the way that Potter has turned Brighton into a defensive force is going to carry over to Chelsea. Palace ranks 44th in the 538 power rankings. That's yeah. a huge gap. Um, so to me, it makes, makes me very, very confident in Chelsea coming out and giving me a good, good result. Because the one thing about Palace that is interesting, and I know you want to jump in so badly and talk about how they don't have Conor Gallagher, and this is the whole reason. And in a way, you might be right. But last year, they, they, they were better than expected. Palace was last year because their defense was really good. They were actually fifth in expected goals against in the league last year. They've dropped all the way to 15th. And the only real change outside of your boy, there you go, outside of your boy, is they replace uh, Koyate uh, with Shik Decore, a young kind of defensive midfielder from Lens, who theoretically does the same thing. So it's like really strange that they've had this drop off. The, it, it's not Gallagher related completely, but the one thing that they might be missing is they've played Schlupp and uh, Jeffrey Schlupp and Abriche Eze in front of this new DM. And those two did not press nearly as much as your boy Gallagher did. Now, granted, your God, your personal God, Connor, would pick up yellow cards stupidly all the time with his overaggressive pressing. But I think maybe between the transition from the defensive midfielder to a little bit more attacking-minded free eight situation – has really like somehow gutted Chelsea's ability or uh, Crystal Palace's ability to like stop people from scoring. It's really weird, this drop off, and I can't kind of put my finger to it. And I think because of that, I just don't see a way in which they're going to hang with Chelsea in this match because Chelsea will shut them down. And because of that, I'm going to an old standby with my prop bet too, Toby. Good team to do a good thing. The Chelsea clean sheet when it's coming back home. Let's oh my do it. gosh. Finally, it's somebody thinks Chelsea's home. a good team. And don't say those are stupid yellow cards. Like most deities, you just don't have to understand all of his methods. Sometimes you just have to have faith. Sometimes That's you true. Just have to yeah. That's he true. knows what he's doing. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm preaching blasphemy at the Church of Connor. I, I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm going to get right. excommunicated. <laughs> all right. Buckle in, Brett. Time for another okay. one of... I'm ready. Another, I'm strapped in. Let's do this. Another one of bet this, not that. So uh, one of your favorite guys and a bet you've taken in the past, Raheem Sterling, anytime goal scorer, is plus 220. But that will not be my prop of the week. And here's why. If you dig deeper into the math and you dig way, way, way down into those Caesars pink sheets, Sterling, first half goal scorer, is plus 500. Sterling, second half goal scorer, is plus 400. So why would you not take both of those plus 500 and plus 400? 
rather than take the anytime at plus 220. If he scores in either half, this is why you're you're leaving me for MIT. This is why you're leaving me for MIT right here. You're better off than taking that on the anytime odds because there's no way you can lose. It's only Harry who thinks there's third half lines. So not only do you get a better payout if he scores in either half, you also have the ability to double up if he grabs a brace on either side of the halftime break. So you get better odds if he hits at any time, and you have the ability to hit both bets. So that, my friends, when you're looking through, bet half a unit on first half goal scorer, half a unit on second half goal scorer, instead of any unit on uh, the anytime goal scorer. And I particularly like it for Sterling this week. He's uh, sparkled in the limited minute we saw under Potter. He was really coming on under Tuchel. He's kind of thriving from the Reese James uh, service. His movement is excellent. And he's uh, the most likely person to get a tap in or even score on a cutback, you know, around the uh, 12 or 13 yard mark. So I think he's the best uh, and most likely guy to score on Chelsea, even over, you know, Obama Yang or Broha or anybody else up front. And I think these are excellent odds to get him at in this match. Yeah, I mean, and I will never, ever, ever talk down Aaron Sterling, but like we, again, keep referencing earlier podcasts. Go listen to our earlier podcast, people. Um, but yeah, Sterling is just really, really good. And we talked about him and Jesus outside of the city system. And part of the reason that the city system was so good is because those guys are really good. And like anytime that you see Sterling at a plus goal scoring number, like it's really hard not to want to take it in any way, shape or form. The dude is so good. I... I mean, I love the math. I mean, you are basically Will Hunting. So, uh, you know, uh, this is this podcast is going to be short lived because you're going to be gone, like solving complex math equations soon. No, I'm like Will Hunting because I'm always cleaning up crap. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that leaves us to our last game. Manchester City versus Manchester United. The Manchester Derby. We have a double Derby weekend. How great is this, Brad? I I mean, I'm sure it's happened more recently than I remember, but I'm so thrilled to have those derbies on Saturday and Sunday. A real, real vitriol. I mean, these aren't just any derbies. These are derbies where they truly hate each other. Yeah, the big ones. All right. So Manchester City second at 17 points versus Manchester United fifth at 12 points. This game is Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Over at Caesars, Manchester City is minus 320. United is plus 800. The draw is plus 460. Manchester City minus a goal and a half is minus 125. United is minus 105. So despite the recent turn of fate, uh, not as much confident in United, the bookies are still putting it at negative odds that Manchester City goes ahead and beats them by two or more. Um, so Brett, in recent history, City have struggled in this fixture despite being the clearly superior team. I don't know how much you kind of put stock in that, but the last seven times that City has hosted this match, the matchup at the empty head, they have lost four and drawn one. They do not Very have the home field advantage. That in there. <laughs> <laughs> they do not have the home field advantage that you would expect. They've actually done better over at Old Trafford than they have at home. Uh, Manchester United have rashered back and have shown a real dead cat bounce since the, right before the stoppage and, and reviving their season. Uh, they've also been handed a second huge injury boost besides Rafford with Maguire now set to miss the match, thus greatly strengthening their defense. But despite all of that, this is looking like the best city team of all of them. And they are going to have oh to burn God. me two or three times before I stop betting on them. There are so many city bets that I like here for the game. I take city minus a goal and a half at, at minus 125. But I'll tell you, it's the prop market that I really, really, really love this week. Instead of the game, I would take any of Manchester City first half 
minus half a goal at minus 135. The City win an over two and a half goals at minus 145. Or Holland to score in the first half at plus 225. I expect them to continue to punch their opponents square in the mouth right from the opening kick. And by the way, uh, because we were off last week, we didn't even get to talk about the incredible opening sequence against Wolves where they had possession all the way from kickoff. Foden, backheel, De Bruyne, cross, Grealish t- uh, tap in before the Wolves had taken a single second of possession. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude. It's really, truly, like, breathtaking what we're watching. And that's exactly why I'm going to back him, right? I mean, Holland's going to be in the thick of it, so you get him at way better odds if you bet him in the first half, just like we talked about in Sterling versus the anytime. You only have to lay half a goal for them to take a first-half lead to get uh, better odds or very equivalent odds of them winning by two in the entire match. Um and then, like, is there a better parlay? Not that there's any good parlays, but there's, is there a better parlay in all of sports right now than City in the over? Like, I, there's nothing that I would be, be more reliable to back each and every week blindly than that combination. So take all those together. And I think the props are where it's really at in the Derby this weekend. I agree. And, you know, you're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to seem like you just sold me on this, but I actually had these written down beforehand as proof. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's the same thing. The, the numbers that I looked at, I, well, here's 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 three things up there, Edge. The first one is United's XG differential, which is the at least I know it's data spreadsheet nerd stuff, but is usually the truest indicator of actual team strength is still negative, even after this run. Like, they're not good. Second, 538 rankings. I know you can say what you want about them. I think they're a good indicator. Dortmund was 11th. And so we we came into maybe this whole thing with City of like, they've been looking great, but they've been running through doormats of the league. Like Dortmund was like the first good team and they really struggled to break them down except for that incredible moment with Cancelo and Holland. Dortmund's still pretty good. And the overall, I, I was actually surprised to see them that high. And United... Toby, you're going to love this. They're all the way down to 25th and 538. It's great. <laughs> Trash so, team. It, so, again, I, I think the problems that we saw against Dortmund, who have been much, much better defensively this year, by the way, um, that should be noted. I don't think they're really an indicator that said, oh, City's a flat track bully, like all this like XG dominance and just overall amazing, incredible dominance was due to them playing bad teams. I just think they're really good. And so the spread, I was actually going to take an adjusted spread of them minus two and a half, but I will go into the props since we've made a bunch of noise wait, about this. Wait, do you have it written down? What's the line on two and a half? Plus 210. Ooh, I like that one too. Good one. Yeah. Well, my favorite though, and my favorite though is City to win and the over of three and a half goals is plus 170. So... Again, you didn't talk me into this. I am on the same wavelength as you. It just feels like they are going to absolutely annihilate a United team that has been running hot, getting really, really fortunate results against pretty even matches in terms of the underlying numbers. And again, the Dortmund match was not an indicator of anything. Like, And City still won. Like They were kind of getting trashed. Oh, first good team took forever, took a miracle moment to break them down. Dortmund's good defensively, and they're a much better club than Manchester United is right now. So I don't even really want to like factor that into the equation at this point. So I'm all in on City, scoring lots of goals. I think this is going to be a lopsided derby. If you, I think this is going to be the derby where if you want goals, you will find them. 
Yeah, so when you say that they're going to get over three and a half, are you thinking United's going to get on the score sheet at all? Or are you thinking that uh, City's uh, going to roll Ederson, that number themselves? Ederson shot-stopping. Well, this is another pod. Ederson stop shot-stopping. So I have some suspicions about it right now. I'll put it that way. I think they could <laughs> leak one. I, I don't think they've been absolutely airtight on that end. Um, Rashford being back will help. I think there's just a chance that United's going to get a counter, pretty good opportunity on a counter. But I, the big the big thing for me is I do not see how United is going to slow them down. I There is just nothing that United does that tells me that they are going to ward off City's attack at all in the slightest and hold them to nil or, or one goal. We'll see. I'll definitely be watching. I know you will too. Uh, all right. We need to take one more quick break and then we'll be back with the five-point pickoff. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And we are back again for our new friends. The way we end each episode is the five pint pickoff. Brett and I give our favorite bets for the entire weekend and we compete against each other each month. At the end of the month, whoever has the best returns uh, receives a six pack of beer from our other friend. And I'll just be honest. I owe you a bunch of money in beer alimony right now. Uh, the check's coming. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the mail. Well, you got one back. I don't even know if uh, you were keeping track on the on the end of the September bet. Because the games are starting on October 1st, we have already settled the month of September. Oh, that's Final right. Score. Yeah, we're in a new month. Jesus, where am I? <laughs> Toby, uh, 10 units last or 10 pints last month. Brett, 10.2 units. Squeaks it out by the Let's skin of his beard. And the two interesting things is I would have won if Haaland had got the first goal, but he scored 16 minutes into the game, which was way too late to be the first goal scorer. Uh, And (laughs) secondarily, you only won because you stole our producer, Mikey Meatball's pick. So it was the very last game, it was Meatball's pick, and that's the only reason you were able to beat me. So three of the beers better go to him. Meatball's are my hero. (laughs) Oh, he should be. That West Ham pick. Ah, dang it, I was mad. Uh, All right. So we'll see. We're, we're tied for one month uh, this year. I took it home last year. I'm ahead overall, but it's a new month, so it's anybody's ball game. For my five-pint pickoff this week, I am going big, Brett. I am actually going to look oh more boy. like you than myself. The only reason I actually beat That's you not good. is That's I'm, not a good I'm, thing I'm, to look like me, both physically <laughs> and doing this. I am, uh, I'm usually better at budget management than you are. Because you like to take these plus seven, eight hundred long shots and waste pints, and I usually stick a little bit more between the pipes. I'm more putting shots on frame where you're taking screamers from forty yards. 
Uh, but this Sorry. week, I they're am so great. They feel so good when they hit Toby. They, they really do. You can ask Rudiger. Uh, so I am letting my freak flag out just a little bit, just this one time as a celebration of our new partnership. I'm taking um, a couple of, of unconventional, not unconventional, of untraditional Toby long shot bets here. I love this. Uh, this is making me so happy right now. You have no idea. And I will lead it off with Tottenham to win and both teams to score at plus 500 in the North London Derby. I am actually going to back that in this uh, in this match. I love this. I love I'm also this. on the more conservative side. I want I so much take... more of this new Toby. I want this Toby all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course you do because I'm going to end up with Have zero. You ever taken you anything high? I don't think I don't think I've ever seen you take anything high that high before. Have you? I can't uh, think of a time you take anything over plus five hundred. Well, I don't know. I mean, I bet on James Harden once. That was putting something on something higher than this. Uh, <laughs> so the rest of it, the next two are a little bit more conservative. Uh, City to win and Ooh. over two and a half goals, minus one, uh, minus one forty-five. Chelsea to win, minus one twenty. But then let's go again. Holland first half yes. goal, plus two twenty, baby. And then because I have to do it, bet this, not that. Half pint each. Sterling first half goal, plus five hundred. Second half goal, plus four hundred. And when he hits a brace on either side of that break. The month is going to be over before it even starts, Brett. <laughs> like, I don't even care. The fact that you are going with the high number odds is just making me so happy right now. I will forfeit <laughs> this month. I don't even care. Accepted. Accepted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't take it back. No boxies. The Mannings no are listening. <laughs> yeah, they're going to come down. They're going to send somebody after me. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what I'm going to try to counter with, which is really funny because I don't have I don't have odds anywhere near that high <laughs> in some in any of my bets, which is such a strange reversal for us. Um, I am going to do the good thing. I'm going I'm going very conservative with the good team. Good thing. The Chelsea clean sheet win for a pint at plus one seventy. I guess you could call this risky, but I don't really find it that risky. Two pints on City to win in the over of three and a half at plus one thirty. Um, I'm I, I got to do it. Nunez anytime goal scorer plus one hundred five. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is going to happen. This is going to be a thing. I'm going to lose so much money on this, but I don't care. Um, and the final one, which is I guess my highest odds, is I'm going to take the Tottenham Arsenal draw at plus two seventy five. So Ooh, uh, you okay. are you are now me, and I am now you. I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> All it's right, a weird well, what, body switch. Yeah, I, we're publishing tomorrow. We're recording on Thursday, so that makes us a real Freaky Friday situation. You know what I mean, Brett? I know, man. This is wild. I, I, I'm so happy about it. They're like, <laughs> I want to keep hearing plus 550 numbers come out of your mouth for the five time from now on. No, you're going to hear a lot of plus 120s and minus 110s <laughs> going forward, but I'm in, I'm in a festive mood. Not only do we have Love a double it. Derby match week, we got a new partnership. I am celebrating. I'm letting it go. Whatever, hey, whatever gets you there, whatever gets you to plus 550 bets, I am for it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for uh, the first one on Omaha and ESPN and Caesars. We hope that you'll stay with us moving forward and that we didn't scare you off with all this nonsense. Uh, enjoy this incredible match week and then come back for another episode of our patented interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. See you next week, folks. Take care, y'all.